I love what I do so much. I loved the project that I was part of. It was a demanding project, like every other project in this industry. And is I love this so much. I care about my job. I care about myself because I want to continue doing this and I don't want to not love what I'm doing. So I need to I need to do things right in order so that I'm not in 10 years from now jaded by something that I love. And I owe it to 13-year-old me to continue loving what I'm doing. Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post-production. I don't have any training in coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. So happy that you are here with me on the 40th episode of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Still going strong and bringing you some great interviews with some amazing guests. And we certainly have an amazing guest here today. Mi amiga, my friend, Monica Salazar is here to talk about her experience editing the feature film Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths with two-time Oscar-winning director Alejandro González Iñárritu. Personally, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. So uh, very excited to be able to get a behind-the-scenes look at the editing of this truly beautiful film. I mean, check it out uh, if you have not done so. It is lovely, a true work of art. We're also going to be talking about burnout and how to best deal with it. It's something that's certainly going around right now. And look, uh, something that I experienced late last year, it is a thing. Uh, and so we're going to be sharing with you how you can recover from burnout, especially after working on a demanding project. Monica and I also are going to be discussing how we can overcome imposter syndrome, something that as post-production professionals uh, tend to go through at times, especially as we're moving up the ladder, maybe you know working on, on just bigger projects. And so it's important to not let that self-doubt kick in and really believe in ourselves and our abilities. This is going to be a great episode here, episode 40 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast with Monica Salazar. Uh, you know, speaking of burnout, uh, I have made some videos about this topic, uh, which you can find on the Hollywood Editing Mentor YouTube channel. Uh, I share with you ways that I take care of my mind and body. So check them out on the Hollywood Editing Mentor YouTube channel. You can find it at youtube.com slash Hollywood Editing Mentor. Support the channel by subscribing and liking uh, our videos. Uh, you can find also a video version of this podcast there. Uh, check it out, youtube.com slash Hollywood Editing Mentor. Also want to remind you that my Break Into Scripted course is coming back this summer. It's the ultimate playbook to working in the post-production department of films and scripted television shows. You know, I did it twice last year and it sold out. It was so great working with all the mentees. Love seeing all the success stories coming out of the course. Uh, and, you know, we did it in a live group setting last year, but now I'm doing an all-new online digital version of the course that you can do at your own pace. And I go over things such as networking, uh, writing cold emails and resumes. And I'm also going to teach you some basic assistant editor skills for film and scripted television. There's truly nothing out there like it. We also dive deep into really defining goals. There's so much in this course. I mean, you're not going to want to miss this. If you want to work in film and scripted television, you can learn more about the course and get on the wait list today so you're notified when enrollment opens by visiting hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash waitlist. You'll also find the link here in the show notes. All right, I think I got to now switch my brain out to... English. We've been uh, chatting it up now <laughs> in Spanish for a while because I haven't seen you in a long time. Monica Salazar here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. ¿Cómo estás, amiga? 
Muy bien. Um, muy bien, ¿y tú? <laughs> I'm just like not going to switch English because I'm not. Uh, my brain's been in Spanish for so long now. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm recovering uh, from, from, I will say I'm recovering from burnout. Wow. Uh, and yeah, but I'm, I'm just enjoying the good things in life right now. Well, that's great. I mean, uh, uh, you obviously worked on a very, very exciting and a huge project. Bardo, uh, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. Congratulations. Gracias. Um, and so, yeah, I can imagine this was, I mean, it took a while. Yes, uh, we were in the project for I almost two years. And I, I would say probably a little over two years when you count other things. Um So yeah, it, it took a while and it was the most challenging thing I've ever done and, and a fantastic and very rewarding learning experience. Yeah, I say I took my master's degree and got paid for it. That's the way I see it. You bring up this thing about burnout and I got to say, I, you know, I've been having these conversations a lot recently with colleagues working on very, very um, intense projects. And the thing is that, you know, as editors... Oftentimes, devote so much energy to a project, and we work so hard, obviously, because we love this stuff. But it's important to not forget to take care of our mind and body. And I'm so happy to hear that you're doing just that. Something important that is happening right now is that people are talking about it, and that we are also very much open to to doing something about it and not being afraid to go to therapy. And like I have a beautiful community of friends, both in the industry and both not in the industry, who uh, would cheer me on. And one of my best friends from my childhood, uh, she's a psychologist, and she was like, you know, just so that you can keep going at this rate, because she would see my hours. She's like, y you should talk to someone just so that you can decompress. Um, at the end of the of the end of the week and and that she and, and she also really recommended meditating and that kept me going during my jobs and then the recovery stage has been a little bit about just allowing time to do things that are important like being with your family taking a trip saying no and And just saying, I worked my ass off and I'm very proud of the product. And I was with a fantastic team and we took this project to the finish line. And I need to rest. I need to not work on it. It, it turned out it worked out that it was a holiday. Um, I knew that the industry is slow in, the, in November, December and January. So I was like, I'm not going to work until mid-January because I need a break. And, and that was, that was healthy. And a lot of people who don't work in this industry don't understand, or they get really scared by someone saying they don't want to work for a couple of months. But I think that if someone understands this, it's us. Like when I tell people like, no, I'm, I'm taking a break right now. Everyone is like, good, good for you. So that's, that's it. That's how I, I've been doing it and it's a process. It's obviously a process. And also finding the pro the next project that's something that you're excited about, something that you really want to be part of, so that when you come back to work, it's something that you it it it's not gonna it's not gonna continue. I I don't I don't want this to be misinterpreted, just but going back to a job that just makes you want to go back every day in just because you're recovering from burnout. I mean, every project you can start very excited about. And by year 25, you're like, no, totally. I mean, I appreciate you bringing this up because, you know, I, I honestly, I, I, even last week I got a text about a friend who's on a show and then like someone like had to drop out, right. Because of burnout and, and my people very close to me have actually experienced experiencing this this recently and even talking about going to therapy for the first time and you know and and someone was told me like recently like you know I just you know I was kind of I don't know I, I didn't want to you know I didn't think this was for me or I was embarrassed or this is something that you know I you know I I, I think didn't know I should do but you know again I think he's having these conversations 
sheds light into this situation and, and that we experience as definitely as editors. Absolutely. And, and here was my reasoning. I love what I do so much. I love the project that I was part of. It was a demanding project, like every, like every other project in this industry. And is I love this so much. I care about my job. I care about myself because I want to continue doing this and I don't want to not love what I'm doing. So I need to, I need to do things right in order so that I'm not in 10 years from now jaded by something that I love. And I owe it to 13 year old me to continue loving what I'm doing. Yeah. Think about more the long term now, right? I mean, to say I want to have, yeah. you know, I want to survive this industry and have longevity. And really, it takes uh, us taking care of ourselves and being a be maybe a bit strategic as far as like what projects we, we sign on to, especially as you're kind of now gathering more credits, right? It's one thing that when you're barely starting out, you got to do what you got to do. But I think as you start getting those, yeah. maybe those opportunities, it's being a bit more picky, strategic. Yeah. And just to be in a good place mentally to, when a great opportunity comes, it can be very scary, but you still say like, okay, here we go. We're gonna just go for it. And and I mean, it happened to me a couple of years ago when Bardo was introduced as an opportunity in my life. I was terrified, but I was not gonna do it, right? Um, and you have to be in the right mindset to, to be able to grab the bull by the horns. And do it. Well, you certainly have been doing that now for... The past couple of years, and so I want to hear more about your your journey now. Say working on a, on, a, on a piece like you know Bardo, right? I mean, like you've you've done a, a lot of uh, ha or had made strategic decisions, and you do a lot of networking. Um, and so now, maybe just take us through your journey now. Uh, say how you started out uh, working in this industry, and how'd you make your way now to say working with? I mean, one of my favorite directors, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Uh, yeah, I mean. Still sounds like a like a fever dream. <laughs> like that is, it's I just I can't believe it. Um, I mean, when I when I heard about it, I was grateful. like, what? What? I mean, it's so exactly. happy! For I was just like so 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 happy for you. I mean, like yeah. But listen, I'm I'm still saying like what? How? <laughs> um, the 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 how is? I mean, just like it's been said many times. I think Sachs says this a lot is when luck meets opportunity. Luck is when uh, hard work meets opportunity. I mean, I've, I've considered myself very lucky and there's also an element of luck, but yeah, hard work meets opportunity. And then just someone believing in you and giving you a chance. And, and there's just a beautiful list of people in, in my life who have believed in me and given me a chance and supported me even like through my visa applications, um, I need recommendation letters. I need people vouching for me saying like, I believe in her. And I mean, in school, I have beautiful editing professors who I, I will never forget the one day that I was terrified. And Norman Holland, I love him, um, looked at me in the eye and said, I'm not worried about you, kid. And I was like, um, that those people who believed in me very early in my career, I'm very grateful for. And then later, to my professors, many of them, Nancy Porner would be one of them too, Kenny Hall. Um, and then when I started assisting, I met Doug Christ, um, who's someone that I've admired his work for. He cut Spring Breakers. I mean, talk about a movie. Talk about the editing of a movie. And then I get to work with him. And he brought me on. I was a, an assistant editor for him on a non-union feature. He brought me on as a post-PA later uh, on, a, on another feature. Got to meet fantastic people on the way who taught me a lot of what I've learned. Um, and then when I went ahead, got my days, came back, Doug hired me as his assistant on union features. And then I did that and he put me up for Honey Boy. Um, and him believing in me to go do a feature film so early in my life and in my career was also, again, I mean, there's a lot, an element of luck in there as well. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. And, and because of Honey Boy, my life changed. I mean, Honey Boy premiered in Sundance. 
I that same year I got the Sally Menke Editing Fellowship from Sundance, which I mean a true honor to be amongst those people and just in any ways being associated to the Sally Menke. Um and then after that I've just I've been trying to cut. I've been trying I I really took a leap of faith and said I don't wanna I don't wanna assist anymore. I I have also worked um with just so many fantastic editors or been mentored by many fantastic mentors, uh editors who believed in me. And there you go. Like eventually we're in the middle of a pandemic. One of my friends, how I got to Bardo is that one of my friends from school who is an executive producer on the project. And when Alejandro was looking for an editor who could help him edit the film, someone who would be willing to work with him um, and, and like in, in this partnership, because he wanted to edit the film and he wanted someone who spoke Spanish. If they were Mexican, it was a, a like a plus because we would connect on the stories. And Carla Luna, who's the executive producer of the project, um, said like, well, my mon- my friend Monica just, just cut Honey Boy and she's from Monterrey and she might be willing to do this. And Alejandro was like, oh, well, I, I saw Honey Boy. Let's talk to her. And the fact that someone would take a risk because i think it's a risk uh on someone so young i I did not have a credit like even close to being as big as as what bardo was such an epic experience he he just believed in me and gave me a chance and i i've learned a lot i've learned a lot a lot on the way and i'm excited to see like what is coming next? You've got obviously amazing opportunities, and you've had really great mentors. I mean, um, what I, what do you think has been that that the type of people has have gravitated towards you? Um, because you're obviously one thing I can notice is that you just like you said, you just go for it. Like you just you just don't even think about it. You just, let's go, let's do it, right? I I don't know about Blizzard Hearts. <laughs> I don't know what they're seeing in me because I I don't get it. But thank you. <laughs> That's all I can say because. I I do think that I'm very stubborn and that I knew I wanted to be an editor. And when I was a PA, I would tell, like, I'm editing this and I'm always cutting something. And, like, something that people wouldn't know just based on, like, Honey Boy, Bardo, As They Made Us, uh, coming up next is Stick Girl. Uh, it's something that I, it's apparently going to get finished soon. But I don't only do features. I do, I love working in documentary short, short films. And that's kind of like my safe space when I'm not on a, on a, on a feature. And basically I'm always cutting something. So I think that when I was young, younger, I, Maybe I didn't have all the experience in the world, but I was always eager to be cutting. And I would, even as a PA or as an assistant editor, I would always be cutting something. Maybe that is also because as an immigrant in this country, I have a visa status to maintain. So I've always had to Keep cutting because you never know what is the one short film that might win an Emmy. Like, like you need those types of recognized credits. So there was a moment in my life where I was saying yes to everything because I needed to build a really strong resume and I didn't know what was going to be the hit. And at the same time, I wanted to work in Hollywood. I was so sure that that was the type of films I wanted to work on. So I had to pour coffee. But if I was pouring coffee, I, I'm also cutting and I am cutting things that I know can get me can can get me status wise to the place I need to be. Um, so that was that was that was good. And also I, I got to be experiencing I mean an Academy Award nominee 
editor talking with an academy of marketing director and just like absorbing all that information and learning from them um so yeah i don't i don't really know what what they see in me but i just like try to keep doing what i was doing you brought up the whole visa thing right you you came from mexico you went to study at usc um and i'm working in hollywood but i get asked this a lot about about that about visas right and people coming from other country to that want to work in the u.s i mean any i guess i mean i'm not looking here for legal advice right but i'm just saying like i mean any maybe tips that you can give to people that are looking to do that uh I am not a lawyer. Yeah, that's a disclaimer. Disclaimer, disclaimer first. <laughs> disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. This is my personal experience. Uh, something that I think helped me, and I'll, I'll just talk about my 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 experience. Uh, I transferred here. I didn't do the full program at USC, but I transferred here. And after you graduate, you have a one year. They call it OPT, and and you have that one year. Uh, opportunity to stay in the country and work and build credits. I do think that coming to school here and staying in the city and building a network of friends and and getting recommended to jobs here allowed me to use that one year of OPT to build credits. I was interning for a co company that gave me many opportunities. And just like I said, cutting shorts that some of the student short films that I worked on went ahead and won some like student awards in 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 some of the categories of like DGA and and things like that. And that helped me. I I don't see how I would have been able to apply for because I applied for a talent based visa. And you have to have really strong credits for that. I don't see how I would have been able to get that visa without the network and opportunities that having gone to school here gave me. I know that is a very privileged answer. I am very aware of how uh, lucky I I was, um, but also I cannot I cannot put into words how stressful it is to be fresh out of college. And now that you have one year to prove yourself in a company, like in an industry where that doesn't happen fast. So it is, if there's anyone out there going through this process, uh, my hearts are with you. <laughs> my heart is with you. Sorry. Um, and it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's real. like, I'm, I'm lucky and I'm very grateful. Because this is also something that I have to repeat every three years. It's not only like, okay, I got to watch. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a process. So you just got to, it's like constantly having to prove yourself. And, and not only to people in this industry who understand, if you tell them like, oh, I'm growing in this, like in the chain slowly but steady, well, someone in Vermont, reading your case, won't understand that being an assistant editor is actually a very high accomplishment, and they they will only read the word assistant. And it's like, no, 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 but like it's actually really good. So I have to do a lot of work of explaining why being an assistant editor on a bigger movie is a good. It's a good position. It's coveted. Like it's it's quite a ah, it's quite a thing. I mean. Yeah. But it's it's something that a lot of immigrants in this country go through and and it really it really makes you work really hard towards just improving constantly. I mean, you obviously also are involved with uh Blue Collar Post Collective. I mean, you're out there, you know, also trying to help people who are you know, new to maybe the city, are trying to break into this industry. Uh, I mean, I mean, a lot of people know about it, but maybe those who don't, just tell us a little bit about Blue Color Post Collective and what it strives to do uh, with the post-production community. Uh, Blue Color Post Collective is a grassroots organization, and it's done like it's it's a community I love. I I haven't been as present in social media lately, but it's a community I love because everyone really helps each other out, and there's so many opportunities out there that might be. Uh, 
what is the word gatekeeping uh by by their nepotism or just fees or uh the the idea is to make all this information accessible and if you post a question in a facebook group you might have someone who actually like if 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 you're a young person like i was when i started and i was asking how do i how do i join the union like bcpc uh was really a place where i found a community and i found people willing to uh cheer cheer me up and and help me and with time i got involved i, I was um I was for a moment uh, the vice president of the Los Angeles chapter and we just tried to pay it forward. And right now after the pandemic, uh, it got a little complicated, but right now I'm trying to make a, a much bigger effort um, being present, being a little bit more present. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just care. I care about, I might not be the best one at responding or being really fast at responding, but I, I do care of trying to help people up because a lot, like I said, a lot of people helped me out. And if I can just say the one phrase that might help someone keep going, then I, I want to do that. Absolutely. Well, that's great. I mean, that's the thing. It's about giving back, right? I mean, because that's the thing. It's like, you know, we don't, we can't do this alone. It's people that are pushing us up, you know, the ladder or, or you know, helping us advance in our careers. And so it's, uh, I, I think it's important to do the same, you know, for other people, right? And that's how this industry works. And I think the post-production industry in general, because sound people are like this, colorists are like this, uh, the teams of VFX are sweethearts, bless their hearts, um, and editors in particular, they're just so welcoming. They're very welcoming. They're very much about passing on advice. They will go grab a coffee with you. So it's, it's uh, contrary to what some people might believe. It's a very welcoming part of the industry. And definitely, uh, you know, we'll pu put up uh, all the information to Blue Collar Post Collective in the show notes. Moni, before we get to Bardo, um, you know, obviously you got a lot of opportunities to cut, say, when you were an assistant. You were an assistant for a, a long time. But I mean, how did, did you get opportunities to, say, edit scenes? Uh, yes, I did. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't an assistant for very, very long, but I did get a chance to cut scenes. Like I said, it, it wasn't much about cutting scenes, but that I was always cutting something. So my editor knew that I, I was always cutting. I was so, so even the, the year that I, or the months that I stepped away from being a post PA to get my union days so that I could be an assistant, my union days, I got as an editor. So um, maybe it wasn't only about cutting scenes and proving myself as an assistant, but it was also a lot about my editor being very welcoming to me being in the edit room with him and just chatting about the scenes, uh, watching his cuts and discussing them and i think that that uh gave a sense of my what i what i could be saying what could be my voice as an editor and so so yeah i don't i don't know if it was much about cutting scenes or it was also more about my attitude in the edit room just wanted to soak in that knowledge Asking questions, I think it's like about being teachable as well, right? Being say, hey, you know what? I'm I, I'm open to learn, right? From you, from someone there, where I see myself. That's the job that I want to do. Yeah, and just imagine being able to sit down on someone's couch and just watch them edit and ask questions. It's just this. And I'm I'm kind of sad that a lot of jobs are remote because I think a little bit of that is being lost, and I don't know how to like. I've heard some strategies of how some of my friends are trying to mentor their assistants in a remote in a remote environment, and I find it very admirable. But I do think that there's something very organic that happens when we're all together, and it's just part of the industry and part of being creative. Um, so yeah, my one of my biggest fears when this all started, the work from home started, was mentorship. Like how how is that gonna keep working? Yeah, I know. I think, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's different now, right? I mean, it's, uh, there's ways to do it. There's the technologies there. I guess kind of just kind of get creative as far as like, say, how we bring in now 
or have assistants, for example, shadow us or PAs or, or you know. Um, but, you know, I think it's just a matter of thinking differently um, because it, it doesn't end, right? It doesn't end just because we're doing this now remotely. Um, you know, the mentorship side of things, you know, doesn't have to stop, right? It's just kind of thinking outside the box maybe because um, it's so important to keep, keep it going. Yeah, and I haven't worked remotely as much. The the last the last months of Bardo were remote, but we were in a room for it for for most of it. Um, so I don't know. I guess I I I can. That's definitely an area of improvement for me, a learning opportunity for me. Well, I mean that's a good segue now to talking about Bardo. Uh, a false, false, sorry, Bardo, false chronicle of a handful of truths. I got to look at my notes for that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I can't say it either. Don't worry. Uh, but again, congratulations. I mean, wow, wow. I mean, that's just so awesome. Again, uh, that you got to work with the master himself, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. I mean, what if, I got to say, my favorite filmmakers, Amores Perros, I think is one of the films that inspired me to be a filmmaker, like to actually make this a career. Uh, so, I mean, what, I mean, just kind of tell us what that was experience like to cutting such a, an amazing project. I love the film, by the way. And so I just want to hear what, what was it like for you just working on, 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 a, on a film like this and with a, a director like Alejandro? Uh, I mean, <laughs> just saying it, it sounds insane. <laughs> like, that actually happened then it's i i think i'm still in awe for the fact that 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 actually actually happened um how was it it was a challenge i'm like you are working with one of the best directors of our time so you get to learn why they are so good right and you just have to always like at least try to to be at that level of of if something gets asked you deliver and thankfully thankfully Alejandro didn't like kick me out because I'm so new in this industry right like he was willing to support me and 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 teach me and it was it was a challenge that I am very grateful to have had. And I mean, every day was a masterclass and the one, an opportunity to watch through dailies, through rehearsals, through his conversations, uh, just how he approaches scenes, how he talks to actors. I mean, honestly, he's, how how he rehearses and gets the scene to be what he wants the scene to be and how he always gets it, gets it to the point he wants it or just seeing the the masterfully done long takes because i've been in projects where they attempt to do long takes and they're just boring and here you have one shot of a father and a son having a discussion in the kitchen and it's just slowly pushing in. But he managed to, through all this artistry, have uh, the actors perform dialogue that sounds so true to them. And then the kitchen goes from day to cloudy to then the storm stars. And then everything is just happening in those one shot. And I mean, talk about a masterclass. It's some of this some of these shots i there was one day then we got dailies and i was crying and i was like i've peaked we were watching the immigrants going down the hill and i was crying like this is just beautiful ideas beautiful images beautiful stories to come come up with and and just execute them um and then just hearing him talking in the vfx reviews just his attention to detail, to lighting, to the sources, how day like week after week shots would get better. Um I I I learned a lot. I learned a lot. So I it's it's weird to sum up so many 
so many days and years of my life, of my recent life, in words. But I, all I can say is that I learned a lot, a lot. And the most, I think the most important lesson actually was being surrounded by a group of people that just, you're all going and pushing each other to keep going. And, and I made beautiful friends in that, in that project that I know are going to be friends for life. Uh, so yeah, that was it. That was experience, I guess. If I can sum it up. (laughs) No, I mean, I I mean, it's just even like, I I get goosebumps just listening to you because I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like you said, the amount of things you would learn from working with someone like uh, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaritu, I mean, like, it's just, like you said, a masterclass, right? It's just filmmaking. Yeah. And I will say, you will never look at plates ever again the same way. Because I, I then later looked at some plates and I was like, oh, these plates are not well shot. These are going to be reshot. <laughs> and everyone is like, the plates are again well shot. And I was like, I don't know, man. These ones are not well done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I am spoiled and broken now. <laughs> because from, like, from what I learned from him, not saying that he's the, the yeah, you know what I mean. Like later in life, I was like, oh, I saw something. I was like, oh, no, this is gonna be, this is gonna be reshot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, speaking of the images, I mean, just um, amazing uh, visuals uh, from Mister Darius Kanji. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, wow, every 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 shot, I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> come on, it's insane. <laughs> every shot was every shot was a painting, and that is crazy like it's just i mean yeah so like i said it still feel, feels like a sueño guajiro a fever dream that i got to work on that project well i mean like was there i guess i mean obviously i mean i'm, I'm guessing right you're, you're even from going say to the interview right the initial interview right to then like you know obviously then starting like your first week there i mean like what was the feeling like and also i mean was there like a a, a learning curve, I suppose, to like really kind of then getting in there and be like, wow, I'm, I'm you know, again, co- I'm collaborating now with this person, right? And then to like really just kind of uh, really immerse yourself now in this job without kind of having that in the back of your mind, right? It's like, like, who's like, we're now collaborators. It's not this person I've always heard about, right? That I look up to. It's like, now we're actually talking about ideas <laughs> together. The minute that I, after the interview, like, or when I finally got the job, I'm a very musical theater person. I love musical theater. Uh, like that minute, I like blasted the Wizard and I from Wicked nonstop in my room, and I would like listen to it nonstop the entire time. Um, and the learning curve. I mean, there were many things to learn because I had to learn how to work with a crew from Mexico because the dailies were done in like during production production happened in Mexico and I was in Mexico uh, with with my assistant editors and and just those days were fantastic I had an amazing team Edwin and Steph and and we got really close and and just learning how different the industry is over there obviously we were adapting everything to what what we knew would be like the avid project or stuff like that but just learning how things work over there and and workflows and things like that was 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 a learning curve and i also had a very supportive post supervisor carlos morales and and also post supervisor um melanie haslam who were fantastic and they were on the project through the end and and it was, it was, they, they guided me through how things worked in Mexico as well. And, and I mean, what you were saying of, of like, well, you're sitting right next in the room to Iñárritu and it's like, holy shit, he did Berman. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you cannot let it get to you, right? <laughs> it's like okay we're gonna watch dailies we're watching dailies this is it and just talking about dailies the way that hopefully you would talk about dailies obviously sometimes that was i will say i had to i had to learn to not be afraid to speak up which is because it's very intimidating right like 
Like, who am I? But I, I would sometimes be like, oh, when I watched this during production, this shot, this, this take made me cry. Just the one take. And I, I think, or I want to believe that Alejandro listened to that. Because then when we saw the take, uh, he agreed. This is the strongest take. We For one scene in particular, we had coverage for some other things. And, and, and he agreed. Like, no, this is the most beautiful take and just staying on it and, and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it would get to me the fact that how, how am I here? Why am I here? How, how is this even possible? But most of the time, I would try to not let it get to me because the minute that it starts getting into you, imposter syndrome can really take a toll. And it's a really long time to live with imposter syndrome. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was living with imposter syndrome the entire time. <laughs> I mean, I still do. But it, it, it just has to not be because of that. Because I mean, I have to talk to the, I have to talk to him like a normal human being. Because it's like we say, you no know, actors are people. Well, highly acclaimed Academy Award-winning directors are people. You have to talk to them like people. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, uh, that that's the thing. It's um, you know, I think in just in general, as a job, right? As, as editors, it's like it's so important to really be vocal. I mean, like, because they're gonna, you know, they're gonna ask you, well, what do you think, right? It's like you, you gotta be ready to say that, and that's really, I think, what also makes a good editor. And I mean, I I will be honest. Like, there were times where I didn't like I I I had to learn. I had to relearn how to be vocal because it is very intimidating. It is it is scary. Like like do I do I really say what I want to say? And then I'd say like yes, I have to say it because I am in this room. Like I and and it it was a learning. It was also part of the learning things. I mean, what were your like some of your favorite scenes to cut? I mean, I I have I know mine though, which I that I watched right that I really love, but I just want to hear which one. <laughs> I well, I, I really love which one. I really loved uh, when he's uh, when he's talking to his dad in in the bathroom oh. with a mini version. I really liked the on the rooftop with the journalist. Uh, I really enjoyed yeah those uh, long dialogue scenes. I think one of my favorite scenes to cut and. Um, might have been the immigrants down the hill just because that i mean that scene and i think the venice version was longer now i'm trying to remember like which like which version of the film is out there and which one was in venice and which one was before venice um the immigrants down the hill was one of them chapultepec was a really fun scene to cut and that one that one was one that at the beginning there was some exploration and that one was a fun one to cut um with all the soldiers and the battle so like yeah the battle of Chapultepec was fun and I mean those are like I'm talking about those from the editing perspective but then there's also the scenes that I just love then and one of them is like I mentioned before the kitchen scene I love I love that scene or I love the scene of the baby in the beach like those are just beautiful moments I mean it's just it's like listen I know that there's that this movie is not for everyone I'm I'm very aware of that but you cannot deny that this movie is an epic film and it's a beautiful film and it's yeah sentiments aside from other things it's like it was it was it's a majestic piece of art it is it's it's, in, it's a piece of art in my opinion i mean yeah. i guess i have like, I, a little I, bit biased I, <laughs> i'm a little biased i guess but uh it's such a beautiful and vulnerable film and um yeah i mean cortez was a I was just thinking that I was going to mention that. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> but I, I, I'm saying if people are listening to this and they have not seen the film, they're going to be like, what? 
Battle of Chapultepec, Hernán Cortés, Baby in the Beach. Like, what, <laughs> what is this? What are you talking about? about? <laughs> and I will tell because people will ask me, what is the movie about? And I'm like, I'm not, I cannot tell you. <laughs> because if I tell you what the movie's about, I'm going to spoil the film. So people thought that I was just being rude and I was just keeping peace, like keeping my NDA super strictly. And I was like, no, I literally have no way of explaining this movie without without spoiling it. And I don't want to spoil it. Definitely a lot of things resonated with me in this film, uh, especially me as a as a you know Mexican-American, having grown up in the Tijuana, uh, San Diego border region. You know, that was my life, right? It's like, you know, I, I'm... I'm not from here and not from there. Right? Absolutely. And I and I also very much identified with the with the son and the daughter story. And and I mean it's just the idea of I miss my family. I want to go back and live in Mexico because I just I miss them. This is different. This is a different environment. And then but then knowing that really your life and your career is America is like, well, but It's a complicated one, and yeah, it's it's just uh, it resonates. This movie resonates with a lot of people, and I am very, very glad when when some people reach out and and say how it resonated with them because it just makes makes every day of our very hard work uh, in as a team as everyone feel like it mattered someone watched it and someone connected and it matters yeah, so definitely uh get out there go watch it <laughs> so you know what we're talking about but truly it's a, a beautiful film there's a lot of obviously the great vfx in it i mean how did that play a part in the in the edit how did you deal with uh, so many like vfx shots uh honestly i was i was much more scared of it as a concept than because when I was assembling, when we were assembling those scenes together, um, we were doing it together. It wasn't scary. It it was like assembling a scene that just happens to have VFX, and it was very interesting. Um, the 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 figuring out of like, well, you want to cut for the performance at the end of the day it's for the performance and then you will figure out what the plates are or like things things like that and and those things i mean alejandro definitely has a lot of experience with that and i just got to learn because i've never worked on anything that that or i had but not not in that level and but clearly he has, and and he knows it very well. And it was daunting for me at the beginning, but everything was fine because it was fine for him. So you know, it, it it's it it was a nice learning experience because it it just showed me that okay, it's the same basics you've known since forever. You just have to focus on performance. Yeah, and then just figuring it out and and understanding how plates work, how her, like head replacements work, and things like that. But like you need the performance of the head, not the plate of the like it, all these things. It was beautiful. It was it, it was a learning, a very good learning experience that taught me that it's okay. You can <laughs> just one one shot at a time, one scene, one line of dialogue. And, it eventually gets completed. Yeah, baby steps. You know, it's building blocks, right? I mean, yeah. like, don't get overwhelmed with like exactly. You know, <laughs> well, if if uh, now, I mean, anyone is 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 you know starting out in this industry, right? And their goal is to say work on say like stuff that you're working on and work with these you know big name directors. I mean, like, I know we definitely talked uh, brought up a lot of topics here today, shared a lot of advice. But if you could just kind of well, the way down to right to like just kind of a short piece of advice or to anyone that's trying to do what you're doing. I mean, what would you, what would you say to them? Just keep cutting. I think that would be it. Because even, um, I think that finding a way to continue cutting when you are assisting, it might not be projects that you can do all the time, or it has to be sporadically. 
also be very aware of what pro- if you have a full-time job as an assistant or as a postpaid, just be very aware of what you're saying yes to on the side because you don't want to get burned out. But keep cutting so that you are always feeling as an editor so that when you present yourself or you talk to people, you have input and 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 you talk as an editor. I think that that I think that that really manages perspectives and, and how you present yourself, how it, it it's it's important. Uh, thank you for sharing that piece of advice, Moni. And I promise this one last question. I hear that you love coffee and tacos, and I do as well. Um, so not oh only we, we're gosh. both from Mexico and both Norteños, uh, but we like the same things: coffee and tacos. What makes it? What makes a good taco? Anything. I mean, <laughs> it can be it. It can be as simple as just like plain meat with good salsa. I think salsa, salsa is a, the, the, uh, I think that's a trick. But I mean, there's some very fancy tacos in here that are very good. And then my favorites are usually just the street tacos. Very basic, but just good. Good seasoning. Uh, but when you're back in town, we have to go to several taco spots. I even have friends bring, like I even bring meat from Mexico. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, cause, and I have a stash of meat in my freezer that when I'm feeling nostalgic, I will have tacos. Tacos uh, <laughs> will always make me happy, no doubt about it. And yes, I am down yes. to go on a taco tour with you. And maybe you should, maybe do, you should do that. That's a networking event. Like ta- post yeah, taco tour. Yeah, let's do tour. the taco <laughs> the taco tour that'll be fun i'm like, like yes a taco <laughs> tour weekend kind of thing yeah oh yeah let's yeah. do it oh awesome Moni. again uh thank you so much for being here on the show um and and, and just it was a, such a pleasure catching up with you and again uh, congrats on bardo and everything you've done and, and just looking forward to all the exciting stuff you're going to be doing next um and i really do hope that we can see each other in person soon yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's it's an honor to be here and just catching up with you. I mean, it's been so long. So let's let's grab tacos and just continue continue the conversation and let's plug back to Spanish because that is going to be easier for me. Sale, vale. Pues muchas gracias, amiga. Y claro que sí. Cuídate, por favor. Bye. Muchísimas gracias. Oh, man, I'm definitely craving some tacos now for sure but thanks for listening to episode 40 of the hollywood editing mentor podcast don't forget to check out a video version of this episode on our youtube channel make sure you hit the subscribe button once you're there it will help support the hollywood editing mentor youtube channel my name is joaquin elizondo the creator of the hollywood editing mentor program hasta la próxima see you next time